This morning I woke feeling pretty terrible. Anxiety, rumination, just worried. Worried about things that won't, can't, haven't come true. The main thing is money. You know, just that perpetual low-level anxiety that things will fall away, that I'll be fired, that people won't buy my books, that over the long term I will not have the ability to keep turning up. I've been looking into narratives and sort of thinking patterns and all of these sort of things, and I realize that I've got a big problem with feeling like I can be consistent. I've never had a father figure or a mother figure who's held down full-time work. The only one that ever came slightly close was the father of one of my ex-girlfriends. He would work full-time and just kept turning up and just did it, just provided for the family. I just, I feel like I'm complaining about things that everyone's complaining about or worries that everyone has, but it's just, it drills. Some days I wake up and I just, I just don't know how to cope. I just don't know how to continue. I feel like I want to run away. I feel like I want to flee. I feel like I want to escape. I feel like I just can't. And that, that leads me to just depression, anxiety, rumination. I mean, perhaps you can hear it in my voice now, but it's just, it's hard. I have this fear that people will fall away or things will fall away. I have this idea that I'm not being seen, that I'm just sort of going through life invisible. I don't know. I don't know if you want to hear this, but I'm going to share it anyway, because perhaps the process of sharing will make me feel better. When I was young, I wasn't seen. I wasn't seen enough. My father was an addict, drug dealer, just wasn't there, wasn't parent. He, he had needs that took precedent. I felt like I had to look after him. I felt like I had to look after my brother. I felt like I had to do it all. Thankless, as a kid. Other people in my family had similar issues, or issues related to disability and other, other addictions and other problems. And once again, I was just there, getting by. Just surviving, just doing. And then one day, around 15, 16, I realized that no matter how good I behaved, no matter what I did, I just wasn't being seen. I could do the same behavior as the other people in my life that they would get rewarded for, complimented for, appreciated. And it would barely get a nod. I would barely even be acknowledged. You know, and it just continues. I just feel so utterly alone, even when I'm surrounded by people. I feel like people don't see me. See my, my pain, see my suffering. Even when, and this is the, the, the dodgy, odd thing about it, it's like even when people are literally reaching out about it, 
even when people are messaging me, even when they're asking after me, I still feel alone. <laughs> Isn't that fucked up? It's clear that the problem is, is, is both. It's within me, but also within the family structure. I feel like I could be screaming or I'd have to be screaming vocally loud, being like, hey, I am struggling right now. <sighs> For anyone to realize that I am. It's like people, I feel like people don't pick up the signs. Or that other people's signs are more obvious. Or perhaps at even more core component that I'm not important. So then when stuff like money problems, anxieties, the anxiety about money, I should be clear, because, you know, logically, nothing's wrong. Thinking about my past, thinking about, sorry, what's going on in my life, I'm fine, but I just don't feel it. It's like there's this constant low-level anxiety that the world's going to fall out from underneath me, and it terrifies me. And I feel like there's no one to, to help. And I wonder, you know, I'm, I have to do, as we all do, a day job on top of all of the stuff that I'm doing online. I have to work to provide for the family. But I imagine, I'm like, okay, let's imagine that my books take off. Let's imagine that by some miracle... I'm able to make a living off my writing. Then I would have this same anxiety just down a different path. It's like how many safety mechanisms and measures would I have to have to feel safe? You know, if, if my books were selling, then I'd be worried about the, the lack of sales or I'd be worried about the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. I wonder if it's possible for me to feel safe. Not that I play the lottery, but let's say I won the lottery. <laughs> would that make me feel safe? I just wonder if there's ever a situation in which it's possible for me to not feel anxious. You know, I don't feel anxious every day, but when it comes, it hits and it's hard to deal with. I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. And that makes me just feel it's like, okay, what's the fucking point if no matter what I do, I'm still going to feel this way. You know, no wonder people are suicidal. No wonder people struggle. I I know that, you know, later today, tomorrow, the next day, at some stage soon, I will be feeling fine. I'll feel better. And this podcast, these thoughts, these worries, simply won't be apparent. It's like, I know that they're going to go. But in the moment, I just need to feel it. I just need to get through it. I need to address it. But it makes my behaviors not so great. I feel like I get short with my partner and my kids. I feel like I feel like I, I can't create or write in the way that I would like to be able to create or write. I feel like I brush people off out of fear or anxiety. 
just don't feel secure. And that makes me act differently to how I would ideally like to act. For its stories of, you know, the great men and women of history, in, in fiction and also non-fiction, they seem to be able to act in spite of fear, you know, br- true bravery. <laughs> and then I find myself just in a crumpled heap in the floor over over distant anxiety over something that hasn't yet happened and and it's sort of like this low level resting anxiety this money anxiety isn't isn't anything big it's not like a major event's going to happen it's just this low level resting fear that the world's going to drop away from me i just feel unstable and i guess it's sort of throwing back to my childhood this childhood feeling of just instability (sighs) makes me feel trapped I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. And I'm sort of like... Lament to to sort of share this with you. Because... You know, on other days, when I'm in a good space, none of this matters. This is fine. It doesn't bother me. Or I've accepted it. But when I'm, for whatever reason, wake, feeling bad, triggered... Hmm trying to think well what is different about today a couple of things yesterday i did a bunch of exercise and i've been if you've been following my journey on social i've been tracking my calories as a way to connect learn how to connect my mind to my body because i struggle to know when i'm full or hungry and i ended up for whatever reason just being um in deficit so i had a thousand more calories which is about half of my daily intake uneaten because i exercised so much yesterday and I just didn't eat. I just went to bed. And now I woke up and I'm already just exhausted. And I I wonder if that's the cause. You know, I woke up, I can't exercise with the strength that I would usually exercise with. I can't get that sort of restless energy out. Because I don't have the energy in me. Because I didn't eat last night. Combined with a very, very minor trigger about money. An email saying that one of my Skillshare courses couldn't be put up because it just goes against their policies. They don't like to have spiritual slash (laughs) related things, even though I've put content on there that is of the same. You know, it's the course that I wanted to upload was a meditation and my um, lucid dreaming course, which they didn't like. But I've got lucid dreaming and meditation courses up already. So I messaged them and I was like, hey, you know, what's the go? And they're like, well, maybe the other courses need to be taken down as well. I'm like, oh, God, okay. (laughs) So, you know, I need to find a new home for some of my courses, I guess. It's just this sort of worry that it's, you know, going to fall away. So those two things hit at once, the lack of energy plus the the bad news email. And, yeah, I I struggle. I guess that's the cause. You know, I tried to exercise, didn't have the, the energy and... Maybe that's the cause. Maybe I'm just hungry. You know, I'm doing this thing of counting the calories to track what I'm eating, to track what I'm doing, and yet I didn't follow it. So no wonder I'm struggling. Anyway. (sighs) It's it's hard because even, like, I get good news. You know, I've had a couple of people, a couple of companies that want to do some um, affiliate marketing. One of them on the the kink stuff and another one on just... um, 
sort of um, mental health stuff. They both seem pretty pretty positive, and it's an idea. Could be good. But the positive stuff is hard to uh, manage. It's hard to sort of um, counteract the bad sort of stuff. As I've said previously, bad news is uh, you hang on to bad news more than you hang on to good news. So anyway, I want to try and... Um, I guess I, I think I'll be feeling better soon, but it's just hard to know that I will be. But regardless, I want to leave you with, um, or I want to start ending these podcasts with chapters from my books because I've got this <laughs> this uh, absolute wealth of knowledge, uh, wealth of um, content, sorry, that that I've got out there that I need to start promoting a bit more to let you know what I'm doing and what I've got out there. So I'm going to leave you with a chapter from um, the book Wage Slave um, that uh, unbeknownst to me has been getting a bunch of... Um, awesome uh awesome reviews that six or seven um amazon reviews talking about how much they loved it and i didn't know anyone was even looking at this book um i wrote it ages ago expressing my feelings about being a wage slave having to you know turn up the daily grind all of that sort of stuff so i might play you a chapter or two from that book to give you a bit of a feel for the book um and i'll put a link down below so you can read those chapters or grab a copy of the book um paperback ebook or audio if you like it i think i'll be all right <laughs> But I'll leave you with that book and um, yeah, enjoy. At least you are paid well. Rolling hills of green pine sway softly in the wind. The sun, high in the sky, is casting its golden gaze upon your bare chest. You lay there, basking in its warmth, content. A calm trickling sound catches your attention. Your gaze falls lazily upon a crystal-clear water of a small flowing river beside you. You could spend an eternity here. Beep. 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 Every morning you are in a rush. Cringing at the shrill alarm, you relish the warmth for another second. The sheets are hugging you. The bed is soft. It's almost pleading with you to stay. Last night was a big one, and you feel exceptionally hungover. But you're not. Those days are long gone. The big one was the new Smith account that required everyone to stay late and push through. At your pay grade, it's expected that you'll stay back. Your position practically demands it. Still, staying back means staying up late, and staying up late means fast food to dinner and sleeping pills for dessert. It also means that you wake up with all the symptoms of a hangover from a night out, but with none of the fun. At least you're paid well. Beep. 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 Wincing at the coldness of the hard wooden floor below your feet, you step out of the bed and audibly yawn. You proceed to shuffle to your coffee percolator and hit the strong serve button, adding two sugars and extra cream. A quick glance at the clock confirms your suspicions. You need to get a move along. So you take a perfunctory shower and shave and grab the first packaged treat you find in your cupboard. There is never time for a full breakfast, so the donut and accompanying coffee will have to suffice. You know you should eat better. Your tailor often jests that the regular alterations to your suits are keeping him in business. It's all in good fun, of course. He's a pleasure to do business with, and his work is always of exceptional quality. He, of course, charges well for his services, but the banter? That's free. Your doctor was less playful during your last visit, however. Increased heart rate, blood pressure, and fat analysis results all point towards bad things in your future. You tell him you will change, but you know you won't. There's never enough time in the day to have a proper meal, or to exercise at all, right? 
Whilst devouring the donut and gulping the coffee, you grab your phone and start searching the net for the best weight loss specialist. Perhaps a stomach clamp or liposuction procedure will be the answer. At least you paid well. Another worried glance at the clock has you racing out the door to the waiting Uber. The driver greets you with a smile and some pleasantries, and then proceeds to start chaperoning you to the station. As he pulls out, you snatch a quick glance at the sports car in your driveway. Red, your dream car. Driving out of the lot that day brought tears of elation. You'd truly made it. But there it sits, relegated to weekend and holiday duties. When you take them, that is. Still, she's well-maintained and can sure go when you want her to. But there's no pleasure in driving a sports car in bumper-to-bumper peak-hour traffic. Like you, the car itself seems to be frustrated. Like a racehorse shackled to a wagon. So now you opt for the train instead. It gets you to work sooner anyway. At the sound of the crossing bells, you jump out of the Uber and run for the station. Quickly, that run becomes a walk as your cardio begins to fail you. When did you lose all of your fitness? As you approach the station, you begin fumbling with the contents of your pocket for the ticket, but come up short. Cursing yourself for not being more organised, you join the ticket line. The dishevelled guy in front of you seems to be unsure of how money works, and is subsequently taking an exorbitant amount of time negotiating his purchase with the machine. As the train turns the corner and begins its approach to the station, the guy in front of you starts hitting the machine, rambling to no one in particular. These machines are horrible. Back in my day, we had real people to talk to. Why are we even using them? Are the ticket inspectors machines as well? Turning to you, he adds, You know what I mean, right? You nod non-committedly and quickly make your approach to the ticket machine, typing in your preference. Grabbing a crumpled up note from your pocket, you attempt to pay. However, the machine has other plans. It acts like a toddler, practicing its newfound gustary skills. Like a tongue, your build is pulled in and out five times before it's finally deemed acceptable. The train is at the station now. The passengers have all disembarked. In an instant of detachment, you realise that this moment will be the only point of true excitement that your day will contain. Will you make the train, or will you have to wait for the next one? The machine finally pokes another tongue out at you in the form of a ticket. You hastily grab it and head towards the train. The doors are beeping signalling to you that your time is about to abruptly run out. Bang! As the train slowly pushes away, you attempt to pull the door open. You know it's a losing battle, but you keep trying anyway. The conductor is clearly apathetic. You give up. Glancing inside of the train, you notice that the dishevelled man is smiling directly at you. You can hear his cackling laughter even as the train pulls away. At least you are paid well. Wiping the sweat from your brow, you curse loudly at the train. The next train will get you to work on time, but you want it to arrive early. You know that consistently doing so will show the higher-ups that you are promotion material. At this stage, it's not the money that motivates you, it's the power. Not that you would say no to more money, of course. But rather than just working on the Smith account, you want to be one of the people working with Smith, one of the people making the account, directing people like you around telling them what to do, how to do it, and when to have it done by. Besides, you could really get used to a larger office, complete with a personal toilet and a secretary. Imagine how productive you could be if you didn't have to photocopy papers yourself, or travel 50 metres to use the toilet. You can just picture your name being stamped onto that gold nameplate. You can almost feel the slightly raised black letters protruding from its surface. Beep. 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 
So that was a chapter from the book Wage Slave. It's out now as a paperback, ebook, and audio. I'll put a link down in the show notes so you can grab yourself a copy if you like. Have a great day.